0: And welcome to the Slash Filmcast. I am David Chen, and with
1: me are Devendra Hardowar and Jeff Kanata.
0: Welcome to the show, everyone. Tonight on the podcast, we got some brief film news we're going to be discussing before moving on into some what we've been watching. We got some weekly plugs for you, and then we are going to get into our latest full length feature review of I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the newest film by writer director Charlie Kaufman.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, so
0: the uplifting. Cheerful movie we all need today. That is correct. That is I think correct. you
1: forgot. Isn't there supposed to be an exclamation point at the end? I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> I
0: think it's actually a question mark and exclamation. I'm thinking mm. of ending things. <laughs> it's all about where you put the emphasis you yeah. know, and whether yeah. it's on the right syllable.
1: Yeah, it's not it necessarily a downer.
2: It's just where that emphasis
1: hangs out. It's I correct. It's more
2: like the uh, the clapping emoji between every word. I'm thinking, (laughs) of ending things. (laughs) All right. Um,
0: So anyway, before we get to any of that, uh, of course, you can always find more episodes of the podcast at slashfilmcast.com. You can also email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Let's talk briefly about what's happening in the world right now uh at it's least not. in the world of film must <laughs> we, <laughs> must we? <laughs> at least in the world of film news oh okay, film thank news. god well, first first of all jeff i i want to acknowledge that jeff has made some great sacrifices to be with yes. us today right like you no 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 sacrifices
1: uh, david is is are you experiencing any smoke in seattle how, how, how are things that i didn't even ask before we started recording
0: Yes, uh, the air is very unhealthy, according yeah. to uh, my weather app. Oh, but that's you,
1: nothing. I'm in yeah, hazardous but you, town. To you,
0: it was like it was like uh, hazardous, right? Or what? what was yeah. the word you used?
1: So it goes. It goes unhealthy, very unhealthy, and then hazardous. So we're in we're in hazardous town. At least we were for oh, a couple boy. of
2: days. Uh,
0: and you like you you basically like fled, uh, yes. and then and then came, which like is obviously a very reasonable thing to do um given well, this, you guys, yes you
1: know. i mean it, we we probably wouldn't have felt too comfortable just the two of us been having two young children forced our hand even more and my mm-hmm. my wife's uh, mom and stepdad live in arizona and so we got in the car and we drove six hours to their house um and uh just spent the weekend there because we had forecasts of hazardous for the entire weekend so we uh got up very early and, and did that drive and tried to have the kids sleep in the back seat and Actually, it was very lovely in, in Arizona. It was quite quite nice. They have a pool and we like, you know, it was it was lovely. And then we came back uh, early, early this morning.
0: So, so interesting how like in America right now, you know, depending on where you are, um, COVID is either an existential threat or people don't see it at all, or there's like the sky is on fire or everything's nice outside. You know, uh, I know, I know that's true generally, but it just feels more acute these days.
1: Yeah. No, um, I was, it's funny because you tell your kids, uh, we can't we, we got to be careful when we go outside uh, because there's um, a sickness in the air. Yeah, And then, and then they're like, okay, well we get used to that. We got, we put masks on. Can we, can we go outside and, and go on the swings? No, 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 no. You don't understand. Now there's worse stuff in the air uh, that will actively hurt you, even if you don't brush up against people. Uh, so I can't wait for what's next for my poor kids. You know, they're like, I, I can't keep up with this. What's the next thing that's going to kill me by stepping outside um,
2: there, can't wait to no the locusts
1: outside. yeah there's yeah. no more outside
2: well uh jeff i'm glad your kids understand the concept of invisible uh you know plague and virus and masks because we've definitely seen a lot of clips of people who don't and that is infuriating me right now but
1: yeah my four-year-old is is much more uh <laughs> able to don a mask than a lot of adults which is depressing yeah. sight
0: yeah a uh, couple of viral tweets that i want to call some attention to this week uh Meredith Haggerty uh, tweeted out an image of uh, the Bay Area that looks where the sky was completely orange. And she writes, imagine showing this tweet to yourself a year ago and explaining, oh, no, the masks aren't because the sky is orange. That's for a different thing. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, very, very unfortunate. Was was the image of the uh, the baseball game that was being played. And there's a a wonderful shot uh, from the Bay Area. uh, I think the Giants or the A's or some. I don't even know who it was. Uh, was playing and there was a shot like a wide-angle lens from the back of the stadium, and the sky yeah. is like uh, you know Blade Blade Runner orange, yeah. and and the stands are full of cardboard cutout uh, audience members, and I was like, if you could just send this photo back in time, just two years, just two years to me, I'd be like, what the fuck is this crazy sci-fi movie? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Zach, uh, the Ford's color grading C- t- is off. I think. Yeah, this, this movie looks Maybe. terrible. Zach Borenstein tweeted, not to get political, but I'd say two of the things I miss most from the Obama years are being able to breathe air outside <laughs> and being able to breathe air inside. It's so true. Um, so true. Which, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize I'd miss those things. Uh, yeah, but yeah, You don't appreciate I,
1: what you've got until you choke <laughs> yeah, on it. You know what until I'm
0: saying? It's, until it's gone. Yeah, and that is, uh, you know, what this... Uh, whole situation has done it's recalibrated our sense of what is realistic in movies mm-hmm. right i mean to bring it back to movies because we are Must on we. occasion on occasion a movie podcast uh is uh when you watch blade runner 2049 right it's like oh wow Denny, even know, really laying it on pretty thick with that <laughs> Las Vegas depiction, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. everything's super orange. Come on, Denny. Come on, come on. Yeah.
2: I, I think um, of watching Brazil and like people uh, taking oxygen in the streets because the air is so polluted. That'll never happen, right? Um,
0: uh, yeah. 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 Or or uh, people, you know, people basically in general doing stupid things in horror films, right? Uh, and it's like, oh, come on, guys, why are you running up the stairs instead of out the front door? You know. Um, but in fact uh life oh, has proven man. that we do live in a democracy so anyway um we hope wherever you are you're staying safe wearing a mask doing what you can to protect yourself and uh your loved ones yeah. let's talk and about if you've the... been
1: affected by the fires or your loved ones have. Our hearts go out to you i know that a lot of people have been displaced lost their homes and even um uh, a lot of deaths from the fires so anybody listening that has been affected or has loved ones that have been affected uh, our hearts go out to you
0: indeed indeed well, uh, the podcast must go on. Let's talk about um, some film news. Last week, we reviewed Mulan here on the podcast. And uh, we weren't super kind to it. Gotta say, weren't super kind. Wasn't a great film. Uh, I sent out this tweet yesterday that i i feel like encompasses my thoughts on it which is that uh so we, we got box office returns from mulan because mulan didn't open in theaters in the u.s as far as i know or it opened in very few theaters if it did i, I don't recall it opening in theaters but um uh i uh it, it opened around the world and in china and disney was hoping it would do very well in china for obvious reasons um they put a bunch of chinese actors in it and they shot parts of it in china and I wrote yesterday, Disney created a version of Mulan that displeased most Asian Americans, endured terrible PR with its lead actress praising a repressive re- regime, and sold its soul by filming in rights violating regions but at least the movie ended up totally bombing in China. it only made twenty three million dollars in its opening weekend um which is That's insane. Uh,
2: yeah
0: it's pretty bad it's uh it's not great do um, we know do
1: we know anything about how the the movie going industry has is right now in China. I mean, it's, it's gotta be depressed just the same, not the same way as America, but the way the rest of the world is also similarly depressed, right?
0: Uh, It's definitely not as bad as in the United States. Let me, I, I actually have some data for you. I can pull up. So um, it looks like, um on the uh between august 28th and august 30th there was a movie called the 800 that was in china that was the number one uh movie in china it was it's a riveting war epic that weekend august 28th through august 30th okay uh the top 10 films grossed 180 million dollars um, so if you compare that to, Wait, wait. so you're saying um,
1: combined the top ten combined yes, made 180. Yes. yes, but eh, if, so 20 million uh, ain't that bad.
0: Yeah, but uh, I mean, compared to the U.S. right now, like the top ten, I think the top ten movies this weekend made like 15 million dollars or something. Something no, like I, very, very. I,
1: I understand the United States yeah. is is in a much worse situation than <laughs> literally everywhere else on the planet. But uh, the point I was trying to make is is. Um, It's not like there was one movie that grossed a hundred million and Mulan grossed twenty in China, right? It's correct. It's it's a little bit. It's still skewed just from the norm, anyway. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, that 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 is true. I'm not trying to defend Mulan here. I just wanted to get some context. (laughs) You know,
0: you're you're such a Mulan head,
1: Jeff. You know, I I just love Mulan. You just love love Mulan so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you keep defending it every single conversation we have. Um, so yeah uh the the movie Mulan didn't do super well in china. It made uh, again uh twenty three million dollars and uh it's not great. it's probably gonna end up around forty six to fifty million just for uh for context, Aladdin made around fifty three million dollars so the which like okay good for Aladdin that's not a bad total but considering this is Mulan and like I feel like Disney really kind of mm-hmm. you know uh went all out to try to attract the Chinese audience here. Pretty major uh, Chinese
2: stars in this movie, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. huge Chinese stars, um, and so it, it unfortunately didn't work out super well. Speaking of box office, Tenet uh, earned six point seven million dollars in its second American weekend. Je- Jeff, that is bad, by the way. No, As of a, course <laughs> it's bad,
1: of course. But but, but again. I'm saying it's bad in comparison to to what. There's not a movie that made a hundred million dollars and Tenet made six, right? If we were yeah. if we were talking about any normal summer and Tenet made six million dollars, we'd be, you know, we'd literally be passing out from the shock. But guys, guys
2: <laughs> but but we're. I, in I, think, un- I think we know what's happening here, though, is that Tenet's box office is going in reverse. So it's going to start with its <laughs> lowest week. It's last week.
1: It's only going to go up that from actually- here. That actually might be true. Yeah, there may be a there may be a version of this world where Tenet in in February 2021 makes yes. forty million dollars in, in weekend. You know, uh, it's not
0: it's not a it's not a disaster uh, as far as I'm concerned. Like from a worldwide perspective, Tenant's probably going to end up making around you know between $300, $400 dollars, which is like not a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is that it foretells a bad next few months for the American box office office right um think of all the stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks you got uh wonder woman was delayed again to christmas day Candyman, which was originally supposed to release around halloween has been pushed to 2021 um and so yeah black widow uh, is the only thing black widow and um uh, what's it called uh, no time to die are the only real tent poles that are going to be between now and Christmas. Between and they're now both in and, November, November,
1: right? They're both in November.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't... I, Black Widow might be in
1: No, October? it's November. It's, it's November. November, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, you're uh, right. Uh, Black the, Widow in November, yeah. So so that, that's like that's like nothing... That's nothing until November, basically, in terms of temples,
1: right? And yet, I, I still don't have any confidence that that is actually going to happen either. Correct. 100%. And, you know who's you know who actually comes out of this whole scenario as the only smart, <laughs> smart move is... Fucking Fast and the Furious, dude! Like they, like day one, they're like, "Screw this! A year delay. We're not messing around. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not dipping our feet yeah. into a, a. We may throw
2: a, cars across skyscrapers, <laughs> but we know when to put the brakes on. Okay,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like they're the only. <laughs> that's the only film franchise that was like, yeah, this is not going to turn out well for anybody. Fuck it, a year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, that is a that is a rough.
0: Next few months for movie theaters, which, by the way, are are many of which are already operating at a loss right now. Right. Because they're not like filling these theaters to begin with. Even and even the capacity they're selling them at, like many of them, many theaters are not full right now to like even 25 percent capacity. So you
1: think any family on Christmas Day is going to rush out to the movies to see Wonder Woman or any movie? I, I, it's, I, I it's just certainly something. Pa- I
0: mean, I mean, Jeff, someone is contributing to this. You know, to the, the $7 million that Tenet made this weekend, right? So, like, yes. there's there's always going to be some people out there. Um, and maybe our movie situation will be different by then. Maybe there'll be more drive-in theaters or things like that. You're like, who, who knows what, what could happen between now and then. Yeah. Um, what is a little disappointing is that uh, mo- the movie industry hasn't done more to, like, adapt to this situation, as far as I can tell, right? They, like, I was reading Richard Rushfield's The Ankler Newsletter, and he, he's basically like, Movie theater's big approach has basically been, uh, we're going to clean everything in between screenings and then hope that everything goes back to normal, right? Like, <laughs> well, that's the whole strategy.
1: what else can we do? I would love to see, to hear, a, I we, mean, we Disney. We need air filters. Like, based yeah, on so what we need
2: now, we need extreme guys, air filtration. Yeah.
1: You so, you like, just trust that? You guys, if, if, if your local theater said we have uh, super air filters, you're going to be like, okay, cool, I'm going to see Tenet. I don't think so.
0: I think it's probably like a combination of things, you though, Jeff. You know, I, yeah. I, I here, here's something. Let me throw out a few random things. Okay. Yes. Better ventilation of some kind, um, showing more movies outside, you know, or figuring mm-hmm. out a way to show movies outside, which like doesn't even exist as far as I can tell. Get right those now, big other parking dri-
2: lots, guys. Like, yeah. Uh, you, got, you have massive parking
0: something. lots. You have massive parking lots for malls that aren't being super well attended. Um, They're doing that in
1: my area. They're doing that literally yeah, yeah. Uh, down yeah. the block from my there house. But it's, I think it's drive in stuff. But playing yeah. playing play more with release
0: windows, I know like uh, you know uh, AMC and Universal worked out a deal, and who knows how many other deals could be worked out. So it's just like it doesn't feel like that much is being innovated on to solve this problem. Anyway, go go ahead, Jeff. I
1: I I just think there. If you guys don't think there's about four hundred people in rooms all around L.A. Oh no, you know, definitely. or in, uh, in Zooms, I should say, all around L.A. Beating their heads against the wall trying to solve this problem. I think you're crazy. I don't. I don't think anybody's sitting on their hands going, "Gee, I hope it gets better." I think they're they are sweating and f- freaking out because literally this entire industry is going in the toilet. No, no. So,
2: no. I, Jeff, I don't think people aren't thinking about it. I think the way it's happening right now is like, how do we solve this situation in a way that looks safe while spending the least amount of, uh, amount of money possible because our business is bleeding. You know yeah. that's the thing.
1: The problem, the problem, I think, is that this entire business model is based on popcorn. Right, right? The, right. The right. The theater chain owners make all their money on something that forces you to have your mouth open and throwing things into it. Right. That, that's a <laughs> that's a difficult thing. You're not going to have uh you know outdoor uh, drive-ins where people are getting ba- bushels of popcorn and Pepsi. It's not. That, yeah. that's the problem is that that's this, this, their revenue is, stream it's a
2: solvable problem though you buy the popcorn and you get amc's new innovative popcorn mask which has a flap <laughs> that you could just like <laughs> flip a, up to a trough quick. <laughs> yeah it's
1: like a feed We're bag all horses. like horses have yeah <laughs> i mean honestly you didn't need that covid doesn't to sound like that. a bad idea to be yeah honest. yeah we didn't have to need to have covid to go there that could have been really fun
2: i think we just made the great the best new startup <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Movie trough.
2: Movie trough. Movie trough. (laughs) It's going to be
0: as successful as movie pass. Movie trough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's um, in your movie
1: trough?
0: (laughs) Also, Jeff, I just, let me just say, I think your, your estimation of the, the brilliant minds that work in Hollywood is,
1: (laughs) is considerably higher than mine in terms of. I I never uh, said anything about brilliant. You're talking about about literally
0: one of the least innovative industries Ever, I never said
1: anything about brilliant. I said that if you think people are just sitting on their hands and hoping, I think you're crazy. I think there's a bunch of people who are freaking the fuck out because (laughs) they're all going to lose their jobs. You know, it's our popcorn uh,
2: money machine is broken. How do we fix it?
1: (laughs) Exactly. We need. We yeah, need yeah movie okay, okay. And, and
2: fast <laughs> I
0: don't know I mean I don't know what you're saying yes okay Jeff I agree some effort is being put into it but it just doesn't yeah. seem like it's that much right now so
2: yeah I think and, what annoys me the most by the way like not just movie theaters but everything is the freaking the security theater which we dealt with after 9 11 in a way that uh, somehow we were making flying safer and now it's like temperature checking everywhere and you feel like that is the thing that is actually going to make you safe that it's a good thing to have it won't make you safe. Like it will not save you from anything potentially happening. So we are just screwed as a country like that. It, 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 this is all just like a constant reminder of the failure of everything going on right now.
1: <laughs> well, at least the Gotta sky isn't literally on fire.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah. At least you yeah, can I I mean, go outside and breathe easy folks. Yeah. I think Uh, what you're
0: referring to is like the idea – I saw this uh, piece in The Atlantic about hygiene theater, right? Because the idea is that like all this energy is being put into cleaning off every surface, right? We're going to wipe the
2: tables, folks. Yeah, we're going to wipe all the tables and all the
0: poles and all the whatever the hell that people touch. (laughs) But it's like in reality – uh the thinking has evolved to to the idea that like it's now spread via aerosolized particles. And also to your point, Devendra, um, people are asymptomatic, they can spread it even though they're asymptomatic. And so it's like mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, cleaning the, surfaces was so March 2020. You know what I'm yeah. saying, you guys? <laughs> we let, are, let me ask you guys this question. Let
0: me ask you guys this question. Like, for me, it's actually been easier to deal with the idea that it's airborne versus the cleaning surfaces. Because just no, the cognitive yeah. no, load no. of like I need no, to remember down everything down my groceries? Yeah, groceries. Yeah.
1: Uh, wiping down my groceries was such a pain in the ass. I'm so glad we've, we've left that in the dust. I you, hated yeah, doing that. Yeah, that. that was
2: annoying. But yeah, I, I think the constant specter of an invisible thing that can invade you <laughs> always in the air. And it stays in the air. It doesn't just dissipate. It can float mm. in the air if there's no air circulation. To me, that is scarier because I could just avoid touching surfaces. That's not hard, you know? Interesting. See,
1: okay. I, I, I'm the opposite, man. I've yeah. always been real good at avoiding people. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a nerd and I, I, I basically don't see people anyway. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Jeff. It's, it's not like, it's not like the idea if like in a vacuum or, you know, to use a figure of speech, uh, it's not like in a vacuum, the idea of like airborne is more comforting to me than surfaces. It's more like, I will just simply avoid spaces where other people are in. Right. Like, and then it's like, that's an easier thing for me to do than like yeah. uh, oh I'm I'm trying I don't not wanna, to touch anything. I don't,
1: don't want to have to avoid spaces where other people have ever been. You know that's much <laughs> yeah, that's more right. difficult.
0: That's exactly right. Yes, hundred
1: percent,
2: hundred percent.
0: Jeff, I'm glad you and I are, are aligned on, <laughs> yeah, on something yeah. for a change.
2: <laughs> I'm for just shaking my change. head over here. What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the great news that's happening in the world right now and in the world of movies.
1: Hey, let me jump in here and tell you about our sponsor. Better help. Right now, it is a very stressful time in the world. I don't have to tell you that. We all know that we're dealing with a lot of things that can be interfering with our own happiness and preventing us from achieving our goals. I know I'm having, having a very tough time uh, during COVID. One of the things that has helped me is to talk to someone who actually can help and a real licensed professional therapist. Better help help connects you with your own licensed professional therapist. My wife's been using this for a while now, and she she really likes it because you can start communicating in under 48 hours and you get professional counseling done securely online on your timetable. You don't have to go out of the house. No one wants to leave the house during quarantine anyway. And this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's actual professional counseling. And there's a broad range of expertise available. Uh, that you can get. You don't even have to worry about a person being available locally because it's the internet. So you can actually browse from a much wider selection of expert counselors. And the service is actually available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor anytime, and then you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in a waiting room or worry about going out of the house at all like traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating greater therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Visit their website and read the testimonials or you can just listen to me. I, I'm so happy with this service. My wife has been using it, like I said, and uh, she finds it so convenient, so easy, and it really does help her work through all of the things that are getting in the way of of her happiness day to day. So visit betterhelp.com slash filmcast. That's better H-E-L-P help. And join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So there's a special bonus offer for uh, listeners of the slash filmcast. You get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com Slash Filmcast. That's B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash F I L M C A S T.
0: Let's move on. Let's start talking about the things we have been watching this week, gents. So, I had a chance to watch a movie called Assassin Thirty Three A D. Have you guys heard about this movie? Only I heard about it because people of your were tweets. saying how
2: awful it was. But yeah, also your tweets.
0: This this is one of the most incredible films I've ever seen. Um. Uh, so I, I got to read the plot summary for you guys. Okay. Uh-huh. Um. While doing research, a group of young geniuses accidentally stumble upon a secret terrorist plot to create a time machine to go back in time and change history. That's that's the plot summary. But what what that plot is is they're trying to go back in time and assassinate Jesus and prevent the resurrection from happening.
1: Mm. Uh, is that uh, uh, the just, solution? Don't you yeah. just move the resurrection up a few days if you assassinate <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> this. <laughs>
0: Uh, this this group of people, that, yeah, they're trying to assassinate Jeff, Jesus, Jeff, and then like we have no idea what will happen
2: if we kill
1: Jesus. Okay, no, I, mean, I think we know exactly what happens if we kill Jesus. No idea. <laughs> uh, there enough. was
2: no text that was written down, passed down for generation upon generation, <laughs> translated into multiple languages, uh, I'm just and worshiped for thousands plan. of years that has told us how this ends. Okay,
1: uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I just think yeah. you know maybe the terrorists need to. They got, they got a time machine. You got a lot of options. I'm just saying, you know?
2: So, uh,
0: you, you know, we, we usually don't like to talk about plot details too much during the, these what we've been watching is because we want to, like, if you're going to go see the movie yourself, then um, you should have that surprise preserved. I, I'm I'm going to just straight up tell you I'm going to give away some plot details from Assassin 33 AD. I'm, I'm not going to give away the ending. I think this movie is really difficult to spoil, but I will, I'm going to, like, lay down some of the things that happened in this movie. All right. <laughs> Now so, that I
1: know the, now that I know the basic uh, premise, the title is brilliant. It, it's I amazing. Love, it's incredible. I love every, component, title.
0: every component of this movie is amazing. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's about these Islamic ex- extremists that like want to go back in time and like stop the resurrection from happening because guys, if they wait stop resurrection from happening, obviously like Christians will never have become a thing. Wait, right? wait, wait, wait.
1: If they're Islamic extremists, why do they believe there was a resurrection?
0: um you, you know they just they just want to stop people from thinking there was one day, yeah 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 you know <laughs> so stop the story altogether so anyway uh i'll just say in the first like 20-30 minutes this security squad uh that works for this time travel company goes back in time uh to the garden of gethsemane which is like i think like the night before the crucifixion and just like straight up execute all the disciples they just like <laughs> open fire on all the disciples just killing everyone and the head of the security squad is really really angry at god because his family died in a tragic car accident um so he is so angry at god he finally has a chance to take out his anger on god takes out a a we- a gun and just straight up executes Jesus Christ in the head, like shoots him in the head and says,
2: South Park did it first. right? And he's like,
0: he says, bag him, bag him after he after he kills Jesus Christ, him being Lord Jesus Christ, our, our God and savior. Um, and the movie gets even more wild from that point. Um, because there's like even more time traveling that happens to try to stop that guy. And then like people time travel to stop the people that are trying to stop that guy, you know, all this stuff—it's uh, it, like almost like primer level yeah. in its this terms. This is everything of like,
2: you love, Dave. This is yes. the oh yes,
1: yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> the, and is it uh, is it is it a little weird that <clears throat> oh I don't know, God doesn't step in. <laughs> to do anything about it.
0: Oh, oh! But <laughs> if you if you watch this if you watch this movie, you learn lots of important lessons about about Jesus mm. and God, though. Uh, and and why would He allow something like this to happen? This movie's going to make you think about that stuff.
1: Mm. Um.
0: So, okay, this movie is on Prime Video right now, so you can just actually watch it for free.
1: I love the and idea I, that if you change the timeline enough, <laughs> instead of everyone wearing little crosses around their necks, they all w- wear little guy pointing a pistol at Jesus's head around their necks. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, this movie has to create an entire theory of time travel. And like when you do time time travel, like how does it impact the timeline, all that stuff like that. Um, I I do think, so it is a faith based movie, right? Obviously it's, it's it's Hmm. made by like people I could not have guessed. Yeah. It's made by like, uh, my sense is made by like Christians. um, Kirk Cameron,
1: Kirk Cameron has, has assassinated Jesus.
0: Kirk Cameron is not in the movie, but my sense is that, like you know, it's, it's kind of of that ilk. He'd be a pretty it's good Jesus, ilk, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, what what's extraordinary about this film is, I mean, I do think it's so bad it's good, but it's extremely earnest, and that's what makes a movie special like this. Because there's there's movies out there that people create that are like trying to be bad. Right? Sharknado. Like the Sharknado movies, exactly. Yeah. Great example. They're like, oh, we're all like in this. You know, we know we're, we're all making in a on the piece joke of shit. with you. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Um, Assassin 33 to AD is not that movie. It is so deeply earnest. These people think they are creating a great work of art, uh, and it is just hilariously terrible uh, and also extremely racist. I have to say as well. Um, I couldn't have guessed. And yeah. <laughs> and just it, it's just just absolutely ridiculous movie. Um mm-hmm. and yet I I can't say I didn't have a,
2: an amazing time watching it. So yeah. So what what you're saying is you're okay with all of all, everything happening in this movie, Dave. I see. I see how it is.
0: Okay okay is a really really strong word, Devendra. Okay is a really strong word. Yeah. I mean, I would say that uh it, it, it's like like are, am I okay with everything that happened in Tommy Wiseau's The Room? You know what I mean? Like, no, obviously a very sexist movie that one was, right? But it is kind of your your the, the movie like this gives you access to someone's wavelength in a way that other movies yeah. do not, and uh, for that reason, it's kind of special.
2: Yeah. So talk, talk talk about wavelength. Have you guys seen the movies that have been like trending on iTunes recently? The uh, I tweeted one. It's called The Second. Starring yes. Ryan Philippi and Casper Van Dien, the tag team duo oh. of guys who look the same, and you you may remember their faces. But uh, somebody told me to actually read the uh, the plot description of this movie. It's pretty wild. Uh, let me just read it here, yeah. Because I, I think we have time for this. Yeah. Yes. Secret Service agent Vic Davis, Ryan Philippi, is on his way to pick up his estranged son Sean Jack Griffo from his college campus. Oh, I wanted campus. to be Casper
1: Van Dien. I wanted his son to be <laughs> Casper Van Dien so bad. <laughs>
2: From his college <laughs> campus, when he finds himself in the middle of a high-stakes terrorist operation, the daughter of a Supreme Court justice is the target, and this armed faction will stop at nothing to kidnap her. Vic quickly realizes that there's no one coming to rescue them and must now use his entire set of skills to save her and his son from incredibly dangerous and lethal situation. And I believe hmm. this is actually about um, these terrorists wanting to end the Second Amendment. That's why it's called the Second. So, oh. wow. Yeah. So love, this movie is one of the top films
0: on iTunes, right? Yeah. Or has been for the last couple weeks. Um, so yeah, in- interesting, interesting. I, they really... did need to do that.
1: All they had to do is vote for Joe Biden. Am I right, guys?
2: Am <laughs> Should I right? <laughs>
0: Should we review this? Should we review the second on the slash one? I feel like oh, God,
2: you're no. going to do your movie night thing with this, Dave, because yeah. uh, I I don't want to see it.
1: Uh, but talking <laughs> talk about love, I I do love movies where people stop at nothing.
2: Because yeah, sure. you know
1: too, too, too many movies they stop at something, you know? Uh-huh. But yeah. when but when you you're in a movie and you're watching it you're like don't stop, stop stop yeah. at nothing. Stop, he's, hold also, to... he's using so, so his entire
2: set of skills, Jeff. His entire set of skills, not just He doesn't leave
1: any of the skills out? No.
2: No, no, no. You, All of them. Y- you know what? You know what he's wimps Like do? I can
1: juggle, I can also juggle.
0: <laughs> do you know what wimps do, Jeff? What what do wimps stop at? Something? Something, right? Yeah, They stop at something, but yes. heroes stop at what's that? What do they stop at?
1: They stop at nothing, Dave, because that's what I want to see. I only want to see someone who stops at nothing. Yeah.
0: Do you think that, like, is there a reason that something presents a formidable force that stops some people other than the people that stop at nothing? <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you when you're faced with something and you're like, should I stop? There's two kinds of people that handle that, right? There's, yeah, two there's kinds people, of people.
0: Who, who then say, yes, I am going to stop at that something.
1: Yeah. And then there's the other kind of people. You know what kind of people those are,
0: Dave? They're like, I'm not looking for something to stop at. I'm looking for nothing. I will stop. But only nothing. for nothing. <laughs> All right. I think All you right. guys we tried, we did our best ourselves we did our best. to review thanks, this movie Thanks now. for yes-ending yeah. that, Jeff. I appreciate it. Of course.
1: That's what I'm here for. Um, this is the uh, only thing I'm here for, Dave. When it when it comes but, to a joke, I will stop at nothing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's uh, we we should keep using that phrase. I I just want to say, Dave, you were talking about wavelengths, and I see the wavelengths of the people making these movies. It's it's terrorists stopping them from something, you know, like from the things they enjoy in life.
1: It. I mean, all of, both of these movies, it sounds to me like metaphors for what conservatives are very terrified about like they're going to take yeah, our jesus yeah. or they're going to take our guns you yep. know I, I i hate to be yep. so partisan but it just certainly seems very uh transparent like i don't an think there's anything about.
2: partisan about this movie jeff the tagline is family comes first and it's printed on an american flag so
1: oh my god it's sitting right there yeah family comes first yep what comes second the movie's called second right
0: I mean, I, wow. I got to tell you guys about the... Are you guys going to watch this movie, Assassin 33 AD? You're probably not, right? So oh, I God, no, me. Dave. No, no I okay, value okay. my time. <laughs> so one of the most incredible scenes of the movie is these guys travel back in time, and one of them gets to talk to Jesus while he's in the Garden of Gethsemane,
1: which is like the,
0: one of the last things he did. He prayed all night. He asked God to not allow himself to be crucified. And Wait, this,
1: is, this is before they bag him?
0: The, well, uh, so I mean they travel back like basically they travel back in time and then farther. prevent those guys from shooting him yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a whole it's very complicated
1: yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's a Bill and Ted situation
0: <laughs> it's a whole Bill and Ted thing when picture you know Bill and Ted multiply the complexity by 10x and you have assassin <laughs> in th- 3380 <laughs> uh, I'm excited And uh, so one of the guys says to, so first of all he's like Jesus is speaking in you know not English at first but then one of the guys talks English and then Jesus does this thing where he's like You know, like this—the face that Neo made in The Matrix when he was downloading Kung Fu into his brain. (laughs) And Jesus, like, he's like, he's like, oh, then he can talk English. He can speak English because he's God. Superpowers. He's He's God. You see, he's God. Yeah. And then this guy says, "Hey, Jesus, don't, don't go out there. Don't go out there. Don't you know they're gonna like crucify? Like, I watched the bootleg version of The Passion of the Christ, and they do all kinds of terrible things to you. Don't you know they're gonna like do all these terrible things? They're gonna whip you and beat you and crucify you. Like, like, don't go out there, man. It's, it's really bad." And he's like, he's like, Jesus basically says, you know, I, I have to go out there. And if you'd watch to the end of the movie, you would know that I'll be back.
1: What? He doesn't actually say that, right? Yes. He, he says, says if you that- watch to the end of the movie. To the end of oh, the, the Passion of the Christ. The, the Christ. To the end of the Passion of the Christ. So he downloaded so, the movie too. He's he, like he he's downloaded, downloading movies. He not too? only downloaded a movie
0: but he made an off-handed reference to Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator as well. <laughs> so Jesus, in, Jesus is rad. In the universe of this movie he has seen both Passion of the Christ and The Terminator.
1: Wait, are yeah. you are, are we led to believe that that in that moment of downloading information of English he he basically learns English like E T. Oh no, like Short Circuit learned English. Yes, yes. Short and- Short Circuit uh, number five was alive in the same way that Jesus was alive. They like both they both like just watched a, a bunch of I of Lucy episodes and fucking got yeah. got English. That's how they. Nobody did it? Nobody knew Jesus was the first BitTorrent downloader. You know, <laughs> Jesus is breaking the law, dude. Wow. I saw that FBI warning. They're gonna come and they're gonna bag him. There's
0: people that, uh, you know, people that don't believe in Jesus, obviously, in the movie, and they need to be convinced. And one of them says to him, hey, you know, I I really think Jesus is real. I mean, he spoke English to me, and that hasn't even been invented yet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's right. Yeah. He's right. (laughs) It's it's so
1: true. How would Jesus
2: know
0: English unless he was God in this scenario?
1: Yeah. And no one invented it yet. There wasn't that moment when that guy was high like...
2: There's logic right there. Yeah, I discovered It's airtight. It's airtight.
0: <laughs>
2: anyway.
1: Man, this movie stops at nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many things it could stop at, you know?
1: Yeah, something. For um, example. Be,
0: being sacrilegious, <laughs> being xenophobic, you know, all these things yeah, it could stop at. Yeah. It. it doesn't, it freezes to.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Um, okay. We gave more time to Assassin 33 AD than literally any movie we've ever talked about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Including today's main review. Yeah, probably. Um, so that's Assassin 33 AD. It's on Prime Video right now. Uh, get get that urge...
2: in the title of this episode, Dave. You better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I urge you to watch it. I'm probably going to do like a Patreon exclusive about it, so uh, look forward to that as well. Um. All right. Uh, I also had a chance to watch Synecdoche, New York. Uh, again, I, I have been thinking a lot about Charlie Kaufman's movies.
1: I just and rewatched that. Did we talk about it? Already? Did we talk about it recently? I, I just re-watched even that. mentioned it. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You you rewatched it, Jeff? Didn't we just talk about it like a we, week yeah, or two you guys ago? Did I
1: don't? know. I, I rewatched huh. it just recently. Huh. All right. Oh, you so, don't remember that? You I, I remember this conversation. I, I remember
0: telling you to rewatch it. I don't remember the part where you acknowledge rewatching it.
1: It, but, I don't think it was last week. Maybe it was the week before, but it was... i can scroll down and look in our...
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Rewatch of Synec- Synecdoche, New York. That was a couple weeks ago. In fact, ago. You,
1: you corrected my pronunciation of it.
2: Yep. That's right. Yep. That's right. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, Okay, sorry about that, Jeff.
1: I like that um, this,
2: all of our conversations with Dave are totally registering fully <laughs> in his conscious mind. <laughs>
0: uh, so this is a movie that I appreciate more as as I get older um you know i think when i first watched this movie uh when did it come out like eight years ago or something like that uh 2008 so it came out 12 years ago man wow when i first watched this movie i think you know dave chen is a guy a simple man who who has simple pleasures you know he likes (laughs) watching movies that have a linear storyline and uh and that has like a beginning middle and end and clearly delineated message and 12 years later dave chen still wants all those things
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh he is more permissive of movies that that uh don't take that path and you know i i think i was when i watched it i was it it actually made me kind of angry the first time i watched that kick new york when i because some of the plot developments happen so quickly right and yeah, i'm just like yeah. this is not how this is supposed to be like a character for instance at one point says like my dad just died and then like it's like we barely even know who that character's dad is. And like and he starts crying and it's like, why are you what is what the F is this movie? Like <laughs> and if you try to experience this as like a, a regular kind of linearly told film, you'll have a bad time. But if you consider that it is like a very dreamlike reflection on the nature of creating art and of um of aging and dying. And of what it means to live in the world with other people who are also aging and dying, whose stories mo- most of us will never understand. Uh, I actually think it's a beautiful work of art, and it's probably a movie I'm going to keep coming back to, uh, you know, every now and then, um, regularly. Because when I watched it recently, it really, really deeply moved me. So it's
1: interesting. I, I, oh, go ahead.
0: You know, yeah. The only thing I'll just say is, uh, if you look online for explanations of what the hell is happening in synecdoche new york like if you google like synecdoche in new york explained um some of the top videos well actually literally the first video when you google synecdoche new york explained is a video i made uh in 2014 with amy nicholson explaining the video but i actually so i'll just say when i went back to try to figure out like what was happening i found my old video i'm like i really enjoyed making that video and i'm proud of it but i'm like I wanted something that was even a deeper dive into into the movie than that, than what I made. And um, the YouTube channel Your Movie Sucks actually has done a five part, uh, I guess five times twenty minutes is like what 100, a hundred, a one hundred minute deep dive into Synecdoche, New York. That I watched the entire thing this last week, and it's very very good. It it dives into like every single scene, deconstructs every single scene. I would strongly recommend the your movie dot org uh deconstruction of synecta New York anyway, sorry jeff
1: um no, not at all. I was jumping in i um it's interesting I mean we did talk about this recently, but i I will say that the difference between Jeff now and jeff twelve years ago watching this movie, i think is that me twenty me me twelve years ago i wanted more of the sort of last third of the movie. I wanted that to be. The whole movie, the, this like drive to create and this feeling of uh, this pursuing truth at any cost and this frustration of how do I recreate a moment that's honest and how do I make art and this, that sort of frustration, I think resonated 12 years ago to me much more and now watching it, I relate much more to the first third before we even get into any of that, where he's like, I'm a middle-aged person, I, I have this family, I don't know I'm, who I am, I don't know what's going on. It's like, all of that stuff somehow now makes way more sense as a father and a, and a husband that I was not 12 years ago. It's a, it's interesting that I wish the movie, in both in both instances, I'm kind of, you know dissatisfied with the movie on a certain level, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> you keep finding new ways to be unhappy with. it.
1: Yes, film. but it is it is it is, uh, is flip flopped as to which parts I wish were more fleshed out and more solid. But it, it's, it's not my favorite of his movies, but it is a, an, an interesting film for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that because it's so dreamlike, it, it opens itself up to so many different interpretations, which you can read. You can read into the film in different ways as your life goes on. And I think we're going to talk about that later on with his newest film as well. So anyway, uh, those are my thoughts on Synecdoche, New York. Uh, I bought it on digital and I would suggest you do the same. I think it's a really challenging piece of art, well worth checking out.
1: Hey, let me jump in here and tell you about our new sponsor and actually start with a question. When was the last time that you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? Ah, well, with my toothbrush, the new Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush Good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. What? How does that work? Well, let me tell you. The brand new smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth and then tracks how well you brush. You get tips and coaching to improve your oral hygiene habits and you earn points for daily brushing and bonus points for completing challenges like streaks. It's really cool. It gamifies oral hygiene. And then you take those points and you redeem them for rewards like free products, gift cards, and discounts, both from Quip and from their partners. And even if you already have a Quip, like I did, we have three Quips in my house, you can upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love. The sensitive sonic vibrations, the two-minute timer with 30-second pulses for guided clean, all those things I love. The, the uh, slim, lightweight, and sleek no wires or bulky chargers that design that the that the Quip has that I like so much all of that stays intact with the new smart brush and smart motor plus you have that complete routine where you can get your subscription your your every 3 months getting your new toothpaste mint or watermelon You get the new battery. You get all the things you need. Plus, you can get floss. You can get an eco-friendly solar battery charger to power your Quip with sunshine. And you can get the refresh bag to bring your good oral care habits everywhere you go. It's easy. It's fun. It's gamified. This is really cool. So start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com slash filmcast right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash filmcast. Filmcast, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash the word Filmcast, F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. Quip, better oral health made simple and rewarding.
0: Devinder Harder what have you been watching this week?
2: Oh, I finally got to check out Star Trek Lower Decks, which is a lot of fun. It's the animated series on CBS All Access that is about um, yeah the characters we never hear about. You know, the people who aren't on the bridge, the people who don't have the major plot lines. And um, it is it feels like Rick and Morty meets Star Trek in in kind of the best way and not like in a oh, we've seen this before kind of way. Like, it's genuinely funny. I like the core characters. Um, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan, but I can get a lot of these references like it's very accessible well, I still think also being very deep and making a lot of references that Star Trek fans do enjoy because my wife is a Trekkie, and she's been pointing out a lot of things to me too. So it is, it's fun and enjoyable in a way that um, certainly Picard wasn't, and I still have not finished that that show. No, I probably will at some point just because I feel like I kind of owe it to, uh, to I don't know to the franchise. But uh, I really like Discovery and Discovery is doing like fun, weird things for Star Trek. This show is giving us like funny, hilarious in jokes about the universe and everything, but also, you know, telling good stories. Um, They kind of make fun of the fact that every week um, something terrible happens, you know, like just playing with all the Star Trek tropes in a in a perfect way. And like it happens so often they're blasé about it because like, oh, man, the uh, you know, the ship alarms going off. Everyone's turning to zombies. Um, it's fine. It's fine. This happens every week. Uh, we'll just deal with it somehow. So I think you guys would enjoy it too. It's really funny. It's uh, the creator, I believe used to write on Rick and Morty too. So it, de- no wonder it has that vibe, right? So yeah, Star Trek, lower decks. It is worth watching. Um, it's hard to tell, like if you don't have CBSL access and yeah, I'm sure I don't think it's worth subscribing for that. Uh, but I've talked about this uh, service before. Like there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, you know, Uh, hop in check out a free demo or something of it and uh you know check this out check out the good fight check out all the great stuff that they've got
0: i uh, i've enjoyed star trek lower decks i've actually been keeping up with it like i watch it every week Mm -hmm. um and uh overall i find it is very enjoyable it's it's most enjoyable if you spend a lot of time watching star trek in your life right because there's just so many references and they kind of like deconstruct star trek and in very smart and funny ways
2: This show is a lot,
0: you know, and it's very like in your face. The dialogue is super
2: fast. It is, Uh, it is that Rick and Morty vibe of always something being thrown at to you. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. You
0: you know what I miss, Devendra? You know what I miss? (laughs) Old school Star Trek, where it was literally like monster of the week, planet of the week, where like. You're just they're encountering some weird thing that serves as a metaphor for some other thing on planet Earth.
2: Yeah, and it it sounds like you sir should be watching the Seth MacFarlane show because that's literally what it is.
0: The Orville, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, it it started out being
2: kind of a spoof on Star Trek, and then he literally just like just going to do Star Trek. (laughs) So the Orville is original series, basically. Yeah. Are, there no,
1: are there no jokes anymore or is it still There are jokes, comedy? but it's sort
2: of like it is also trying to be topical. It's also trying to be <laughs> dramatic and serious at times. So my wife really likes the Orville and I'm surprised because she's a, you know, she's a genuine Trekkie too. So I don't really watch it, but she seems to enjoy it. And other Trek fans I know mm. have said that it got a lot better than the first few episodes. So apparently they like turn, you know, t- turned a corner there and instead of just spoofing Star Trek, they, you know, I'm just, just going to make Star Trek without calling it Star Trek, you know?
1: Yeah, we, I watched we, the first we, two and I couldn't I couldn't get into it cuz I just thought the jokes bad. were a little limp, yeah. yeah.
0: We we never knew what we had until uh, until it's gone, you know, like uh, Star Trek Voyager, um, which by the way is the entire thing is available right now on Netflix. And uh, I watched a video by Renegade Cut recently that just was like running through the highlights of Star Trek Voyager and I was watching this YouTube video I'm like, "Oh man, Star Trek Voyager was pretty good sometimes." You know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> but but it, Star Trek Voyager is not cool you know it's not what the kids are into today and so instead we have like Picard blowing things yeah. up you know and also and like, those,
2: you know those shows existed in an age where I feel like if you had the big franchise name you could exist being bad for an entire season you know and maybe you'll get another shot so like that's you know I've tried to get into Next Generation and man that first season is super rough and <laughs> you know even yeah my wife loves the show, but even she doesn't really want to rewatch most of those episodes too. So it is strange. Like those theories are made for a very different time. And now we judge things much more quickly and shows don't Mm. have as big a chance to stick around, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: That's because if you missed a couple of episodes of star Trek, the next generation, you never got to see them again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you either tuned in at eight o'clock on Thursday or you didn't ever, you know. There's no, there's no, there was no. You maybe, maybe during the summer when there were reruns, you caught the episode you missed, yeah, but yeah. only by pure happenstance. Yeah, you know? I feel yeah. like by the midnight, like once they
2: passed, what was it season five or whenever they like crested the 100 episode thing for syndication? Like it did start popping up everywhere, but yeah, that was still. A while I was watching it. I was
1: watching it, you know, week to week, and like, yeah, yeah, it's it's so freaking hard to even fathom how that was you know like you guys you, you guys remember gather- like
2: videotaping like setting up your vcr to videotape yes. those man yeah just Kids all Tuesdays gathering around never understand
1: yeah all gathering around when the x-files was on because if you missed <laughs> it you know you yes. just you just missed yes. it you just that was it you just you never the got a one chance to see it again the,
2: program- uh, the, uh, the one friend who could program their vcr to properly record it you know yeah and you depend on them for everything <laughs> that was me yeah
0: well, that's uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. It's airing
2: right now on CBS All Access. Devendra, what else have you been watching? Also, I checked out Teenage Bounty Hunters, which is a show that is a ton of fun. Surprisingly enough, this is a show about two 16-year-old girls who kind of inadvertently um, start bounty hunting in Georgia. It is as very, you do. As you, <laughs> as you know. do. As you do. It is very much um, It is like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It gives me the Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe, except without the Supernatural stuff and more like the Veronica Mars stuff where it's girls um, you know, solving mysteries as teenagers. But uh, it's also set in Georgia. And like most other things shot here, it's not pretending to be like fuck all everywhere else. So it is kind of funny to see the series actually set here, people going to places here and doing things. It's a fun show. It's a really well-written show. It's also a show that's kind of interesting just from a cultural perspective, because it really does do the Southern fried comfort kind of thing. Like it's very Southern, but also Southern in the way that, you know, people will nicely tell you to fuck off, which is kind of funny too. Like uh, the two characters are church going girls, even though one is rebellious a bit, they both still like work within the basic confines of their lives. Uh, You know, they live in a big fancy house. They go to a country club and they address all the, you know, the fact that they're living this crazy wealthy life while a lot of people around them don't. Um, it is, yeah, it, it's not like a particularly deep show, but I really like these characters and it's a lot of fun. It is a sort of show I do miss of just like, yeah, the adventures a week, if something crazy happens, how are the girls gonna get out of this situation. I don't know. Um, it is more fun than I think the title would uh, make you expect. And I think it, it is sort of like, It is being ironic a little about that, the way Buffy the Vampire Slayer was, because you hear the title Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you're like, what? What? That's outrageous. That's outrageous. Yeah. What is this blonde girl going to do to fight vampires? And then, like, they turned that trope into something remarkable. I don't think the show's on that level, but it is a lot of fun. So, if you're looking for a good Netflix uh, comedy, you know, uh, action y type thing, I think it's worth watching. It's also, um, you know, these two girls who are still very religious in trying to be good, but also like being sexually active and trying to figure out ways to make that work within their lives. So I think it's very real in a lot of respects because uh, it seems like that's something a lot of people have to deal with today too. So yeah. So uh, teenage bounty hunters, it's fun. And it's streaming right now on Netflix.
0: Jeff yep. Canada, what are you watching recently?
1: Well, uh, you know, n- nothing too new that we haven't talked about before, but I find myself uh, constantly enjoying the half an hour sort of, uh, what's the, what, what's the, you know, like the, the glass of port after the dinner, what's that called? You know, you're... <laughs> Nightcap? You're, yeah, you're winding down and you just want something that just is light and breezy and get, makes you smile. And, and I just, I want that now more than ever. Uh, I'll finish doing a podcast. I'll finish doing something late at night. My wife will already be in bed and I'll just want to pop something on that just going to give me a giggle i've been doing a lot of uh what they do in the shadows uh, if, if that fits so well into that i've been kind of catching up on that show and i've also been enjoying norsemen which is i think a show that Davinder brought up a, a while back
2: not, no no um, i didn't bring up this one the, i brought up the one where people are being brought back from the past into uh into oh. the modern room yeah
1: so neither Before, you guys i brought norsemen? up the
2: foreigners i have not seen this
1: no. Oh, boy. Oh, good. Well, I'll get to recommend it because I think the show is delightful. Uh, I really like Norsemen. It's so fun. And it's basically um, it's basically what if like what if what if Game of Thrones and uh, I don't know, uh, Parks and Rec had a baby. <laughs> you know, it's basically like uh, it's you know, it's not fantasy per se, but it is in that, you know, it's North north uh excuse me norse um vikings and stuff so it's swords it's axes it's uh period but it's very self-aware very anachronistic the characters speak in a very colloquial uh modern way and the the it's it's a straight up comedy but set in that milieu and it is so wry it's so uh uh dry i mean all of the jokes are very very dry no laugh track it's all you know shot outdoors on on locations and uh it's it's really fun it, it fi- I find myself um you know rooting for the the most despicable people it's 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 really fun they find they mine humor uh from violence and and uh you know that kind of game of thrones esque you know like harsh reality of of that fantasy setting um, but they're playing it for gags, right? And and they have these characters that speak in very modern ways and don't fit in. And I, I really, really enjoy the show. It's called Norseman. I think there's several seasons. I've, I'm basically at the end of the first myself. And I think I'll continue with it, watching it, you know, one episode at a time here and there, not, you know, not binging it. But it uh, provides a lot of, uh, I think, a, a unique com- comedy. It's not like anything else out there, but it's fun.
0: This is on Netflix, right?
1: correct yeah yeah. i think it's actually a uh an international show that they brought over i think it was actually yeah um, yeah yeah yeah.
0: uh well that is norseman and it's streaming right now on netflix uh all right let us thank the people who donated to the podcast this week we want to thank new subscribers at the rate of a couple dollars a month mia nunnally josh weinhold and justin cassinator cassinator Uh, And also new donors, Stephen Theus, Matthew Wagner, uh, and Doug Cornelius. We also got a few donations with uh, notes as well. Um, This one comes in from Jacob from Mississippi, who writes, uh, I wanted to make a donation on behalf of Dave. I would like this money to go towards Dave not
2: watching Firefly. Have I read this one already? Wow.
1: I don't think so. You Uh, have not, but uh, at some point we
2: do have to tabulate the amount of money that has gone into making you watch Firefly. And for you not to, somebody has to donate more than that. That's how this works. That's
0: that's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Jacob writes, I too have been endlessly harassed and pressured into watching this show by friends and have only made it through the first episode. I'm not saying it's a bad show, but somebody has to stick up for the procrastinators. Hopefully this donation counteracts at least one of the many that are trying to force you to watch it. I'd also like to say thank you for this wonderful show that seems to get better and better with each episode as you guys slowly lose your minds. You guys mean so much to me. I really feel like you guys are my friends. Uh, I get to have a very one-sided conversation with once a week. I started listening to you guys when I was a young, ignorant 15-year-old working at Chick-fil-A, thinking that getting a movie made was as easy as emailing my script adaptation of the book All the Wrong Questions to Lemony Snicket's publicist. And now I'm starting my very real grown-up life making music videos with my lovely girlfriend soon-to-be fiance and preparing our new baby on the way. You three have inspired me to grow a lot and have really impacted me throughout the years, continuously inspiring me to pursue things I never thought I would do, such as filmmaking and podcasting, even if it's just to watch Men in Black too many times. Thank you for doing your part in bringing joy into the world, especially now. I wish you guys the best. Uh, Be safe. Uh, P.S. Jeff. Jeff, you'll take it back for giving us so much flack, so rewatch the movie that's cool, fun, and groovy, The Masterpiece Men in Black. (laughs) Sorry, I'm bad at limericks.
1: (laughs) Hmm. No, it was a good effort. Good effort. Uh, it doesn't make me want to watch Men in Black. But okay. Thank you, Jacob.
0: This is a great message, but the thing that's most interesting, it's a very heartwarming message. The thing that's most interesting is he says his lovely girlfriend slash soon-to-be fiancé. So Does she not know? I hope... I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. Because if she does, <laughs> you just kind of gave away the game there, Jacob. Yeah, also so very
1: confident. Very, very, very confident.
2: confident.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's like Babe Ruth, you know, pointing at the stand. So on goes. That one. Yeah. I
2: have to say, uh, uh, I love this letter, by the way. And Jacob sounds like very accomplished. And I'm glad that he's gotten so much out of our out of our show. Um I do feel like your life would be more complete if you watched the good show Firefly. Mm, you know? I agree. Uh, I think one I'll thing think is missing in your life. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, All right. Uh, This is a message from somebody who donated whose name I don't have right now, but I'm going to read their message. And by the time I finish, I will have their name. Wow. Multitasking. Yeah. Um, So uh, anyway, this uh, person writes, uh, hi, guys, I've been listening for years. I've never donated, but I just couldn't listen to Jeff's horrible week and do nothing. You guys all bring such joy to my life every week, and I'm so sorry to hear you guys are struggling. And Jeff, if you haven't seen it, you should totally watch Fighting With My Family. It's streaming on Amazon Prime, and I'd like to think it's right in your wheelhouse. Oh, it's I so hope it helps you yeah. in yeah. this rough time.
1: Gosh, I don't, yes. I, when that was in, the, in theaters, I, I think two or three times intended to go and never yeah. did. And somehow I haven't watched it now that it's come to VOD. Thank you for the reminder. I appreciate that. I've been dying to see this movie. Yeah.
0: Uh, and that comes in from Noah. Noah C. Thank you, he Noah. that message, yeah. Um, and we should, by the way, add that uh, if you want to recommend something t- for us to watch, you can continue using the hashtag slash tag on Twitter. So uh, useful. A lot Love of people it. have been doing that, and it's uh, fantastic. And if you, if you out there listener, want to see what people are recommending, hashtag just search hashtag. for just search for hashtag slash tag on Twitter. You can see what it's people are so recommending. It's very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, this message comes in from uh, a very cool gentleman as well, <laughs> Michael Allen Krollwich. Here, I got, it. I got it, John. I, I got, got it. It. Okay. I made it.
1: no, good, good. wait did, we stretch for time. That was good. Uh,
0: Michael Allen Krollwich writes: I'm happy to be donating as a birthday present for Sarah Pants, my significant other of six years, who introduced me to this podcast, which has since become a welcome constant for us, especially now when it's good to have a source of levity and commiseration. So the birthday thing is the most important thing, but I did want to mention that listening lately has in a positive way reminded me of when I was in high school and my older brother would drive us both to school while we listened to the Elvis Duran and the Z100 Z morning zoo. We often (laughs) finished the 20 minute drive and and realized we hadn't heard one song. I love that, that I could just be hearing banter in the morning, but well, my brother didn't. Long story less long. It's suffice to say that I dig your banter uh, and it's much better than the Z morning zoo ever was. It's the slash film Corona
1: crew? Sure.
0: The slash film cast blast? Okay, I'm done. Take my money for your VODs. Thank you all.
2: That's great. That reminds did, did me, you Dave. Guys- we got to
1: check in on the check in on the uh, the <laughs> the traffic on the the fives and tens. Uh, we got to go to our <laughs> traffic copter. We've been forgetting to do that for so long. I keep forgetting.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I don't like think we idea- should check oh. in now, Jeff. Yeah, it's pr- pretty bad out there. I like
1: the idea of tuning in into
0: a, a radio station. Uh, this was this was actually genuinely baffling to me. Yeah. When I would tune into a radio station to be like, where is the music? They'd spend like 20 minutes talking. That's probably what people feel like when they listen to this podcast. Right, where's film the movie conversation. news? Yeah. yeah. Or really <laughs> any where, podcast. Yeah,
2: yeah. It is the worst of radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, worst of radio. Uh, now on demand and delivered no, right demand. to your earbuds. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you guys have like the local uh, radio guy? Because when yeah. I was driving to high school in the morning, totally. it was freaking D Snyder in Hartford for some reason. But he was hmm. there, and I listened to him every morning, and he's a horrible he was probably human syndicated.
1: being. He was probably syndicated.
2: Uh, I th- Probably, but uh, I actually know, Um, who is it? Who's the internet personality? I think it's Veronica Belmont, who used to work on that show with him. So it could really? be syndicated. But yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that.
1: I listened right. to I like Live that. 105 uh, when I was in high school in the Bay Area. And then when I moved down here, I listened to K-Rock, Kevin and Bean. K-Rock, where they just ended. Uh, last oh, year. man. Not the yeah. bean. Yeah.
2: We have gotten
0: a live donation during the show. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Lockwood donates at the rate of $2 per month. Thank you, Kevin. If you want to All support right. us um, by contributing a, a couple dollars a month, go to slashfilm.com, click on the slashfilmcast tab, use the PayPal links on the side of the page. Um, or go to paypal.me filmcast. That's a great way to do it, too. And finally, we also want to thank our donor, Antoinette Adams. She's actually a family member of uh, the Slash Filmcast editor, Beatty. Uh, Antoinette also wrote in her donation, as an avid movie fan, my son Nicholas is the one who introduced us to your podcast years ago. I started listening to the Slash Filmcast in order to keep up with dinner conversation. Everyone in our family except for me has a broad, inclusive taste in films. While I love all kinds of books, art, and theater... My movie preferences tend toward action adventure films exclusively. Basically, I'm a teenage boy when it comes to movies. Listening to your podcast has encouraged me to be more expansive with my film watching habits. And even if I don't think I will like a film, I'll at least know what I'm missing. Thank you.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Thanks for that message, Antoinette Adams. Really appreciate it. And of course, uh, any uh, family member of Beatty is a family member of the Slash Filmcast.
1: Absolutely.
0: Thanks to everyone for all of your donations this week.
1: It's time for me to thank our sponsor, which is Lightstream. Lightstream can help you erase your credit card bills. Uh, One of the things I'm most happy about with my life these days is that I have zero credit card debt. I pay off my credit cards every single month. And honestly, it does wonders for my well-being. And a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream can help you mark your bills paid in full Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience and that's exactly what they deliver. Quickly roll balances from multiple credit cards into one single monthly loan payment. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans have rates from just 5.95% APR with auto pay, and there are absolutely no fees, no fees at all. And just for listeners of this show, apply now to get an additional interest rate discount to save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash filmcast. That's lightstream.com slash the word filmcast for an additional discount. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash filmcast. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash filmcast for more information.
0: Let's get into weekly plugs. We're gonna do weekly plugs. Thanks to Noah Ross for that music. All right, weekly plugs is when we plug something that we've been working on or something we want to recommend that someone else has been working on. Uh, I made a video essay about what the hell is going on in this movie. I'm thinking of ending things that we're about to discuss. <laughs> Very so, helpful. Uh, yeah. If we, if you don't, uh, if you haven't uh, listened to our review yet, which technically you haven't, and, and want to stop the podcast <laughs> to go watch that. Don't don't do that. Listen to the review first, because you're already yeah. you're already here. You're already here. But if afterwards you want to hear me go deep on this movie even <laughs> further, uh then check out uh, this YouTube video essay I made on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dave Chensky. You know, I they, can't this, wait.
2: this plug is the opposite of synergy because you're like <laughs> telling people to get out of here. Yeah.
0: That's what is so what is the thing that's the opposite of synergy when like people go away, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. worry,
1: don't worry, Dave. Our listeners stop at nothing. Um the <laughs> <laughs> so then you even telling them to stop and aren't gonna stop. Um the uh the thing I like most about this is uh 12 years from now, when you go back and do a search for what the hell happened and I'm thinking of ending things, and your own video pops up <laughs> and you're like, hey, This isn't very good, this isn't helpful at all. Yeah, this doesn't help me at all.
0: <laughs> How dare me?
1: How dare I have made yeah. this? Anyway.
0: Um uh, okay, so that's what I—that's my weekly. To be—to be fair, I—I I, I really am happy with that synectic thing I made. I'm just like, I, I wish you—I wish it had been longer. I wish it had been like two hours long instead of 20 minutes. That, that was before
2: people were making like, yeah, three-hour right. multi-part yeah. YouTube videos, right? It's when yeah.
0: YouTube had a like actual like yeah. video length cap, you know, and so I had to oh, upload
2: yeah. it in two
1: parts. Anyway, that was back when people were like, nobody will watch something on the internet that's more than five minutes long.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, uh, Davinder Haro, weekly plug from you. Uh, I wrote up something at Engadget about the Xbox uh, Series S being an incredible deal. So yeah, go check that out. Uh, there's also a video up on YouTube. Basically, this thing's $2.99 or 25 bucks a month. I think the subscription, the Xbox All Access thing, is, is kind of insane and kind of turns the tables a little for next-gen gaming. Um, so yeah, go check out that piece. Uh, it, I think most people don't care about true 4k rendering and all that stuff uh i think people just kind of want the games and easy access to them and this console seems pretty great do you guys think
0: that the naming is a little confusing you know uh yeah well yeah Yeah. (laughs) as evidenced by the fact that divinger you put it in the wrong way Uh, you put it in the wrong way the first (laughs) time you wrote xbox one s in the notes um I just feel like, yeah, if if uh, you know, uh, if someone is lucky enough to have a parent or a grandparent want to buy them a console, this you know they're on the phone um, with your Best Buy saying like, yes, the, the Xbox S, you know, and it's like, which one? And, and yeah, I, I don't S. Know. I, and I also, worry. it's it's uh, a, yeah. not S?
2: great, not great to say next to each other because then you're saying the Xbox Series S and X, which. Uh, <laughs> Kind of sounds yeah. like something. It's like, are you? I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you saying X or S on the phone? You know, like I'm saying sex. I'm saying Xbox
1: sex.
0: <laughs> Xbox <laughs> sex, grandpa.
1: All
0: right. All right. You know, All that, that right. Weird. I
1: will but as much as soon as I can.
0: Jeff canada your weekly plug.
1: Oh well, I thought I'd mention my cameo again. I'm on the cameo. Um, Doing limericks, uh, you know, I do some limericks here and there on the show, and uh, I'm I'm now selling personalized limericks for you. If you'd like my limerickian skill uh, for you for any occasion, uh, please don't hesitate to visit cameo.com slash Jeff Kennett. I want to read a couple of please the the numerous five star reviews I've gotten over there on the Cameo. Oh, I uh, thought you were going to read
0: some limericks for us, but no, 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 it's you got to okay. pay for those. You got to pay. No, for no, no, Okay, that's fine.
1: Uh, what a pro! Jeff is a master wordsmith, his wit and charm being such joy. And it is so cool to be able to hear a custom limerick just for you. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, Jeff did an awesome job and so very fast. Thank you, oh, so very much. So pleased with how this came out. Brilliant. And uh, here's this one. When looking for the perfect one-year anniversary gift, one may go for the traditional gift of something paper or perhaps some jewelry. But as I, I can now testify, the best way to sum up your appreciation for your loved one is in the form of a limerick. Jeff absolutely nailed this, and with such a thoughtful and clever message, it had us laughing and tearing up at the same time. As longtime Slash Filmcast listeners, this blew us away, and I cannot recommend this enough. So there you go. Uh, you can be one of the many, many people. I've I, about done about 30 of them at this point. Um, wow. That has uh, you, any all kinds of occasions. I've announced uh, the birth of a child. I have. Uh, I have... I've done a uh, a a clue for a scavenger hunt. I did. I've done numerous birthdays and anniversaries. It's been a delight, and uh, I'm enjoying it very much. So that's great. Um, check me out at cameo.com slash Jeff Canada.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm glad that from um, you know this uh, this limerick policy that you've adopted for the pot- of your own volition, you know mm. that it's it's eh. become a it's become like a little side business for you. So yeah. Anyway, uh, that's our weekly plugs. Let's get to our review of I'm Thinking of Ending Things.
1: Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming. We have a real connection. A rare and intense attachment.
2: I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What?
0: Did you say something?
2: I don't think so weird. I'm visiting Jake's parents for the first time. He hasn't been my boyfriend for very long.
0: They really are looking forward to meeting you.
2: I think you ending things. Hello? We're here. Oh, ah, hi. hi. Oh, he's all wet. <laughs>
1: Here they come. Jake has told us so much about you.
0: He's told me so much about both of you, too. And you came anyway. (laughs) Jake tells me you're studying quantum psychics. Mm. Physics. Really? There's just something profoundly wrong here. Are you okay? That was from the trailer for Charlie Kaufman's new film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I'm going to read the plot summary from IMDb. Full of misgivings, a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself. This is Charlie Kaufman's third film that he's written and directed. Of course, he's written many other films uh, that are quite beloved by uh, people on this podcast. I'm thinking of films like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Adaptation, Being John Malkovich, A Brilliant Mind. Um, but obviously as we've already discussed um, his his track record with his films uh, has been more hit or miss when it comes to mass appeal. Right. I would argue that when you think of like Synecdoche, New York um, Anomalisa, and this movie, not super accessible films, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'm, I'm uh, misestimating. I'm,
1: I'm in not public. entirely certain that he he really cares about whether yeah, they're accessible or not. I don't, I don't or think or he not.
0: gives. A, I don't think he gives a <laughs> shit. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, so all that said, Divendra Hardwar, curious what you thought of. I'm thinking of any things. And, and actually, b- before we even get Divendra, I'll just say like, um, it's very hard to talk about this movie without talking about spoilers. But also at the same time, it's hard to spoil this movie because yeah. It's it's, one thing you can say about Charlie Kaufman's movies. I think is that they defy, other than Anomalisa, maybe. I think they defy the idea of spoilers because um, they're really about like the the emotional experience of watching them versus like any plot things that occur. But But we'll try to give brief thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And then we can avoid talking about because
2: there's some details from the book. I think that clarify things that the movie does not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk about brief impressions, and then and maybe we can start by talking about our first time watching this film, right? And, like, before we read anything about it, just, like, the initial lived experience of watching it for the first time. Devinder Hardware, your thoughts?
2: Um, I, I would say the title is very apt, because <laughs> I, I really was wanting to give up on quite a few things while watching... This movie, like you're, I you're was gonna, questioning. You were going to stop at something? Yeah, gonna stop at I something? was going to stop at something. Well, when, you,
0: no. when it said I'm thinking of ending things, I was thinking of ending my streaming session. <laughs>
2: yeah. Am Man, I right, no. folks? <laughs> Your but streaming no, I, I, session? I was certainly thinking about the life choices that got me to a place where I had to sit through this movie. Because I found it torture. I found wow. it interminably just like dull and relentless in a way. Like, here's the thing. I don't, I'm not the biggest Charlie Coffin fan. I think Anomalisa was also, I, I think I hated that movie. Honestly, like when you get down to it, um, I like his stuff when he is collaborating and working with other people. Maybe I just like the Spike Jones stuff because uh, yeah, freaking, um, you know, being John Malkovich, I just rewatched that. That movie is still good. You know, that movie, certain things don't quite, work anymore i think john kusack is even more seems more of a garbage monster in that movie now than he even did like back at the time um but it still works overall as a film for me um eternal sunshine you know that that's a beautiful movie that i will keep with me forever i think he works best when he is working with another creative force and i know that's not what he really wanted to do i uh, you know i've read enough about this guy to know He's wanted to do his thing. He's wanted to be a director for a while. He's wanted to like control his own vision. And I think Synecdoche was the best realization of that. I feel like that movie is his masterpiece so far. It really brings together all the themes and things he's been thinking about. And his like navel-gaziness just works there for me. I really enjoy that movie. And it took me a couple of viewings to get to it. Um, but I never outright hated it. I always felt like it was hard to penetrate, but there was something there that's worth working towards. I didn't feel that while watching this movie. Like, and I really wanted to give it a shot because I've heard some good things from people. I really like the cast. Uh, Jesse Plemons, like in a really great media role here where he is just kind of um, inscrutable. Like you do not know what's going on with this guy. I really like Jesse Buckley as um, the girlfriend character who doesn't have a name. And uh, we have yet another like great performance from Tony Collette as Crazy Mom, and you know th- this really do, goes do up. Do you against, not ever like, have
0: dinner with Tony Collette on screen? So, do you know, not ever give that. Give give you a little piece of advice there. Anytime yeah. she's uh, having dinner, it always goes badly. It will Hereditary be Hereditary being and another bad. really great example.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just found this movie too long and too like it's it's just so obtuse in terms of where it's going. Some of it feels like. Oh, we're doing this now. This is like Charlie Kaufman. You're better than doing, you know, five minutes of what seems to be like a film school idea of of something. Cause I'm not gonna be specific here, but it's just like, guy, like, I get it. I know what you're trying to say in this movie, but like, let's focus here and like, let's make an actual point. And I just feel like I was saying that throughout the entire movie. And everything he's actually exploring here feels like things he's already done. I do feel like on on a very deep level, this movie is kind of about Jesse Plemons character and his kind of his misanthropy misanthropy. I I forget how to pronounce that word. Um, Yeah. Misanthropy. His like his self-hatred, his, his feeling like he is a failure and his, he's never amounted to much in his life. And this movie, um, you know, it is built around that, but that, that was being John Malkovich. That was Synecdoche. And I feel like we're not doing anything actually new here. So I think that's the thing I want from somebody of like, who's capable of genius caliber work. I kind of want something new. And this just feels like him really being in his feelings as the kids say today. All right, Jeff Kanata, what did
0: you think of? I'm thinking of ending things.
1: Well, Dave, I guess you could say my thoughts of I'm thinking of ending things are best summed up in the form of a limerick. Are we more than the sum of our tasks? Are our influences merely masks? And as the end begins, what might have been are just some of the questions it asks.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, that was, a good, that was a good limerick, Jeff, yeah. but I don't know what you thought of the movie. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hard, you know
1: what? Jeff, I'm going to
0: your premise. I don't know if that was the best way of summing up your uh, opinion on
1: it. I had a hard time <laughs> writing a limerick for this one, guys. I'll be honest. Um... <laughs> you can still get a limerick of your own at cameo.com slash Jeff canada. Um, <laughs> I have to preface what I'm about to say with a, a, a factoid about me, uh, which some may know. I don't, I think the two of you already know and, and maybe some listening already know. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time, maybe, maybe my favorite movie of all time is my dinner with Andre. Mm-hmm. So, I am inclined to really love navel-gazing, self-indulgent, barely movies. You know, Mm -hmm. like that, I'm into that. Like, give me a conversation that's interesting, that's self-reflective, that really is wrestling with the great questions of existence. And just put some cameras on a a couple of excellent actors doing that. I don't need anything else i i I enjoy those kind of movies. I enjoy the the play as a film. I enjoy the very simple just dialogue for hours, two shots, and you know big long establishing sh- shots that just sit there on the actors acting. I'm into that stuff. Mm-hmm. This movie, I think you can break down into three main sections. It's ostensibly about a guy taking a girl to meet his parents. And there's a very long section of them driving there. There's a very long... The second part is a a section of them actually meeting the parents. And then there's a section that is basically them leaving there. There's a lot of other stuff, too. But there's, in broad terms, those are kind of the big three sections of the movie. Mm -hmm. I think the first section and the third section are brilliant. And I love them. And I could watch them over and over. I just was mesmerized by the performances, by the, the the magical kind of unreal nature of all of it, the discussions that they have, the way it, it co-opts, uh, almost plagiarizes other things to make a point. It's fa- yeah. fascinating. That, fascinating. That was probably
2: the best part of the movie, and I'm sure we will mention it, but uh, <laughs> I did not expect that to get referenced in this movie.
1: Right. The, the, the this, notion of like a road trip and talking to someone that you're kind of getting to the next place in your life with. We're not even talking about the sort of meta level that everything works on, which is this fundamental, um, what the movie is actually doing, but just the nuts and bolts of that process of being in a car and especially in a car in the snow, like this isolated Mm -hmm. place and how the movie is shot with rain, with a uh, snow pelting this car and this, this older car, and the windshield wipers constantly going, and how the camera moves around that the square car aspect and how, ratio, like yeah, oh well, I can leave the square. I don't, I, I feel I like that's that, like the, that. At
2: least uh, we know how, we, yeah, you feel about that, Jeff, but uh, yes, that does add to the claustrophobic nature of it i guess i, I guess
1: yeah. i feel like it's the the hipster du jour you know uh technique it is it, it, <laughs> i feel okay, like about a
2: lot of this movie but yeah well
1: it's <laughs> it's it's vinyl for movies right it's like okay we're gonna do this old four by three i could have gone without that but whatever it, ultimately like how it's sh- how the car is shot how long we're there how it's in the dark and also but you still see these flakes of snow hitting the windshield. it just feels Oppressive and cold and and uh claustrophobic and, and you know, and yes, the aspect ratio plays into that as well, but i I just loved it, and the conversations is fascinating how the characters are perform it is fascinating what's going on, the clues that you are getting about what's really going on, I think are kind of brilliantly the breadcrumb nature of it is brilliantly laid out. I loved it i I like this movie more than synecdoche honestly that middle section where we meet the parents i think is very not good (laughs) i really it did not work for me it did not connect me this is where i start agreeing with some of the things davindra was saying where it's kind of hitting you over the head with stuff it lingers far too long It, it it gets too weird too fast for not a lot of um ROI right you're not you're not getting a lot of return on your investment for for the, as <laughs> as bizarre as it gets like i yeah, yeah. there's no added there's no added juice that you get from spending so much time in this what what it's communicating in that middle section could have been communicated much more deftly much more much more quickly but i don't think it took away that much from the movie i honestly could just excise 90% of that middle section. I don't, I honestly don't think it adds a lot to the overall impression. I think if, honestly, if the movie was just in the car for almost the entire movie, it would have been spectacular from, from my perspective for a, a movie that I would like. Again, this is a movie that's certainly not for everyone, but I took something away from it. I've been thinking about it and wrestling with this movie. It does tackle those big questions of life and death and meaning. And are we, and, and, you know, (laughs) quite honestly, here we are in the middle of this fucking year of chaos and upheaval and things that used to be taken for granted. You know, maybe it's my, my privilege talking, but, you know, I think about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think most of my life has been really concerned about the pursuit of happiness. And all of a sudden I'm now like having to worry about life and liberty. Like I didn't have to worry about life and liberty before, you know, those were taken for granted for, for for me. Again, you know, I'm privileged to say that, but um, now all of a sudden I'm worried about literally living and literally living free. (laughs) You know, it's like, what the fuck? So all these big questions are, in the air and quite literally, you know, with the virus and with the smoke, as I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking about living to see tomorrow, making sure my children grow up alive and, you know, free. (laughs) And and this movie is talking about, you know, all of these There's a section where uh, Jesse Plemons character talks about platitudes that we tell ourselves about, you know, how it's all going to work out fine, and these 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 all these things that we tell ourselves to make it all okay. The choices that we make, you know, the it's, it, the world is going to end up okay, and those aren't actually true. And you and here I am sitting in 2020, going, yeah, I get it. All of these things that you grow up thinking it's it, it, it's all going to work out, and you go, oh no, all of this stuff can break. Society on a very fundamental level can break. And what do we do now? And is it, you know, as you progress through life and you are, are you the sum total of the decisions that you make? Are you the sum total of the influences that you absorb? What are you? Who are you? Man, I love wrapping myself in those hard questions and seeing characters wrestle with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And this movie indulges in that quite intensely. And, And for that, I really adore it. It is an unwieldy beast, this movie. It is rough around the edges. As I said, that center section, I think, is flawed and it doesn't land the way I think Kaufman intends it to. At least for me, it didn't. Um, But I like this much more than I don't. And I honestly, it, it has landed on me in a profound way where I, like great art, am still thinking about it, still images haunt me. Uh, sequences haunt me and it's a movie. I think it's going to stay with me forever.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry. The second section didn't do it for you. That was actually, I, I have to say that was probably my favorite section, Jeff. So, wow. um, huh. I, I, think that what is great about that section is it's, it's basically Charlie Kaufman doing a, a horror film. Right? Yeah, it's, for it's sure. It's like, it's the family visit as horror film. And I found it to be very, very effective. Um, I will say the first time I watched this movie, I was both very emotionally impacted by it because it really did make me think about all these other things that you mentioned. Uh, Are we the sum of our influences? What does it mean to actually be with someone? You know, what is the sum of all of our life decisions, all these kinds of things. Uh, But I also found the movie immensely frustrated, uh, frustrating. I should say, I just felt like the movie didn't give you enough to go on. You know, it didn't, give you enough breadcrumbs to kind of find your way not to the answer, but to an answer in my opinion. Mm, Yeah. Um, And that is very different from the book, which I think is very, very clear about Mm -hmm. what's going like. You can read the book and it's like pretty, pretty obvious what's happening. Um, And that does allow the movie to have a broader scope than the book. It allows the movie to be open to different interpretations than the book. Um, and so people need to decide for themselves whether like that trade-off is worth it. For me, um, now that I have an interpretation of the movie, I think it's quite brilliant. Um, but my first time watching it, I found it immensely frustrating. And if pe- someone told me they didn't make it all the way to the end, I wouldn't begrudge them yeah.
2: that at all. But you, you had to go outside the movie to find something... To make Correct. you like the movie.
0: I, yeah. I, I'm not saying one has to I think there is there's right. enough there for you to come up with an interpretation that like makes sense but it just takes a lot of work in my opinion I mean again maybe there's people out there n- not not maybe there are there are people out there that are far more brilliant than me that they watch the movie and they're like oh I totally get what it's trying to say I'm, I'm just not one of those people and um, for me the the first watch was was really challenging mm-hmm. um, so I enjoyed it. It's very provocative. And I think uh, that Charlie Kaufman continues to evolve in his skill as a filmmaker. And I think there's a lot here uh, that shows that he's very, very talented. Um, But um, he just doesn't care about the conventions of normal narrative storytelling. And uh, some people find that liberating and exciting and exhilarating. And other people may find it challenging and difficult and frustrating. And I th- I was somewhere in the middle of those things, you know, um, and certainly it's a movie that I agree with you, Jeff, I'm going to continue thinking about, I'll probably revisit this from time to time. Um, but my first watch was a little bit tough. So anyway, lots more to discuss. Let's get to spoilers for I'm thinking of ending things starting right now.
1: Now you're looking for the secret. Can you to see this coming?
2: No.
0: But you won't find it because, of course, you are not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been
1: puzzling over how it
0: works. You don't really want to work it out.
1: Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You
0: want to be fooled. All right, let's talk about spoilers from Thinking of Ending Things. Um, so I'll just share, right, that the main interpretation I have of this film Um, which is kind of derived from the book is that uh, what you're seeing in the movie is actually uh, the janitor who is Jake. It's an older version of Jake played by Jesse Plemons. Um, A a fantasy, an elaborate fantasy that he has right before he's about to commit suicide um, in which he is reflecting on whether life could have been different if he had actually connected with this girl he saw at a trivia night 40 years ago. Uh, and so that's why like her details about her life keep changing. And that's why like the detail, details of his family keep changing. Cause he's trying to figure out like, Oh, when would I have met this girl in, in a way that she would have changed my life, that kind of stuff. Um, and so Davinder, I am curious, like hearing that interpretation, does that change at all your opinion of the film? Do you appreciate it more now? Or are you like, Oh, it all makes sense. It's locking into place now.
2: No, you know? I mean, I thoughts? feel like I got, honestly I didn't have that fully locked in but I definitely got a sense of that like we we see the janitor several times throughout the movie he's looking at both of them getting into the car at the beginning I believe too like we see him interspersed and I think there are enough clues where you're like oh this he is clearly crucial to this at some point point." and like it almost seems like it is a perspective of his that we're seeing so I definitely got that connection like early on and, um, you know, the, the little bits like I didn't get all the I've read some of the stuff about the book. I didn't get all those connections, but I got enough to, like, understand the sense of what was happening. Certainly by the last act, it's clearly a guy who is ending things. You know, it's a guy who is on his way out, who is looking back at his life and the regrets he's had. And, um, you know, trying to deal with that and reckon with all of that. And um, I feel like the most brilliant part of this movie for me was where Jesse Plemons is just all of a sudden doing the uh, the uh, beautiful mind speech. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, where the hell did that come from? That is well, something.
0: I think it's, it's a comment on how, right, like, we all construct our own narrative and our own yeah, worlds for ourselves yeah. based on the influences we have. And for him, that's his way of summarizing his life. Is or yeah. uh, earlier in the movie, you see a Beautiful Mind DVD on his bookshelf, yeah. and so he's like, "His bookshelf, which Mind. by the way
2: unlocks the entire movie if you just yeah, pause that frame. It's the end of Usual Suspects. Yeah, yeah, at the end of Usual
1: Suspects. But but I mean, throughout the movie, there are large sequences that are just lifted from other things, and yes, it's yes. it's it's kind of speaking to this idea that you know, are we? you know, these, these, these fantasy realities that we create in our head that are lifted from other things we want to have, you know, I want to have a, a wedding that was like the wedding in that movie. And I want to have a, you know, I, 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 Oh, this is that, this is that even, you know, us talking about (laughs) contagion or whatever, like, this is the part of the movie where we do this and this it's, it's, I I think it's a kind of a, it's not profound necessarily because it's not the first time anybody has pointed this out, but I think it's a an effective way of making that point that especially Americans in the 21st century, we are such a, an amalgamation of all these different things that we've lifted, that we're sort of almost plagiarizing our own lives. It's, it, I, I found it to be effective and, and pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the things that I missed in the YouTube video essay I made about this movie is... The idea is that the, at the end of the movie, he decides he's going to die, right? He decides he's going to, like, let himself get hypothermia. And then we see him, like... Oh, and by the way, I, I should say, one of the things that really, really frustrated me about this film, that, like, almost made me angry, is the fact that old Jake is played by a different actor, right? Right? than jesse mm-hmm. plemons
1: yeah and i'm just well, and like then you see jesse plemons in old age makeup on stage which is well, like
0: not only that you see jesse plemons's dad play different ages right, right. but but with different levels of old age makeup and right. so it's like they clearly knew how to do a really good old age makeup but they right. just didn't do it to the jesse plemons and it, it's like what was the point of not having that being played by old jesse plemons i I think uh, that
1: tips the hand too it, fast. I yeah, don't know. But it's just yeah. like,
0: I, I agree. I agree. But it basically just kind of preserves this little surprise of like, Oh, by the way, you know, they're the same person. And it's like, maybe he wanted to open it up to the idea that like, they weren't the same person, but I'm just like, yeah. I found that a little bit frustrating. Like if they're the same person and you show like David Thulis in different yeah. phases of his life through old age makeup like to not have Jesse Plemons in old age makeup feels like a cheat Well but
1: me. you do have Jesse Plemons in old age makeup that's but the craziest yeah. thing is at yeah. the end of the movie yeah. <laughs> you literally do and he doesn't look anything like the oh, janitor man. Yeah also- I know it's, every
2: everybody it, is in old age makeup in that scene including and in- the worst old age makeup too. Like I think purposefully bad bad, for sure. Well, you say bad when you say bad,
0: it's like theatrical, right? It's the, it's the type of old age makeup you'd have in a high school musical because you want to read that it's old age from like the back of the rafters. Right. Mm -hmm, Right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So um, anyway, so I think that the most brilliant part of this movie, honestly, is that it's told from the perspective of the fictional character, right? It's yeah. It's based. Yeah. It's like what if Fight Club was narrated by Tyler Durden, right? Right.
0: Uh, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. which
1: I think is it is a brilliant idea. I think that is a fascinating concept where we're seeing from the inside out of this this construct, right? And the construct doesn't even have a solid identity, and yet it's telling us the tale and. This notion that, you know, that Jesse Plemons' character in Old Age is like thinking about all these permutations of what may have happened if he had, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I agree with you, Dave, that it's one specific girl. I I haven't read the book, so maybe it's clearer there, but I feel like he's basically layering on any, if he had found companionship from anyone, which is why she changes, her name changes, the actress playing her changes, it's like. It is, it is just him going, What if I had found companionship? But then the, the entire time, the companion that he's constructed is talking about how he's not w- worth staying yeah. with. Like, even know. she it's,
0: wants to it's, get it's away super from depre- him. It's super yeah. depressing. It's even, even, his fan, yeah. even his fantasy won't stay with him. Je- so, Jeff, I think it's a totally valid interpretation that she could be anyone. I do think that the details of how they met stay the same pretty much. No, they the don't. Poem.
1: They tell two different tales of how they met. There's a there's a section at a at dinner she tells the story, but then later on in the doorway they tell a completely different story of how they met.
0: Uh, okay, but then at the end in the um, in the school she kind of recalls like. She she compares meeting this guy to she's like it's like if you ask me about a mosquito that bit me 40 years ago. <laughs> right. You know? and, and so it's like it, it's it, yeah, it does seem to allude to a specific
2: encounter hey, hey that 40 years ago. Do you, do ago? you think yeah. Charlie Kaufman suffers from extreme self-loathing? Because I could not get that for the past <laughs> 20 years. I could oh. not get that. It's pretty harsh, Devendra. Pretty harsh. It's, I disagree no, with it's, your. It's, I'm it's, not being harsh. I'm saying those are his characters, <laughs> and all of his characters are him. And you look at like freaking you know sleazebag John Cusack in in uh, Malkovich like it, it these are all reflections of him in a way and I feel like that that is what's getting tiresome to me. It's like I get I could see the appeal of telling the story, but the way he tells it and the way he makes it even because um, I hear from what I've read from people who've also read the books, but um you know the the book is not as painful towards him like it doesn't make the fantasy girlfriend actively want to get away from him like there's so many elements of this movie where it's like man you you, i feel like i'm just seeing the same thing over and over again so that's just me that's my frustration it's a pretty
1: relatable position though i have to say i mean sure sure it It was 20 years
2: ago too and it just feels like like anomalisa was a movie entirely about a guy who yeah who who kind of hated himself in such a way too and like yeah. I, I, can I can understand I can understand why you're getting tired of it. I do want to
0: say that one of the things that I think is great about the movie compared to the book, um, is that Jesse Buckley, in my opinion, does such a great job playing
1: the young woman in the movie. She's um, amazing. She's, she's fantastic. She's so
0: likable. Like and Academy
1: Award nomination worthy, I think.
0: Really, really great. And uh, Charlie Kaufman in the press notes says, like, I wanted to give the woman character a sense of existence, an agency that almost by definition she doesn't have in the book, mm-hmm. end quote, right? Because obviously she's theoretically uh, a figment of this guy's imagination, but in the book... Um, and and, and like in the book, that's very, very clear. And in the movie, because of Buckley's performance, it's such a vivid character that she kind of like exists on her own really. Um, so I thought that was great, but I was trying to make a point five minutes ago, which is the very end of the film, the idea that he's going to kill himself or let himself die in the book, he stabs himself to death in a closet at the school. Um, so it's very, very gruesome and in the and then he like police discover a notebook next to him that has all the details of this young woman written out he's created this like elaborate fantasy kind of like a picture like one of the notebooks one of Kevin spacey's notebooks from 7 basically right like yeah. he's like written out all these details this very very elaborate fantasy now uh, I don't know if you guys watched all the way to the credits, which is, by the way, difficult to do on Netflix because, like, when yeah, you start watching the credits, the thing, it, like, it just switches you to the next thing. Are you, it, are you
1: thinking it, of ending things? Well, yeah, we're thinking yeah. of starting things. Here we go. You
0: know, uh, I, I'm telling you, like, I'm no joke. I, I would say five out of the last six times I have tried to watch the credits like on uh, for a movie, I've been like, oh, what a great movie. Uh, I want to watch the credits. I literally will try to press the button that I think activates the credits. Instead, it will literally switch me to the next. Day. It's literally no time. the wrong. There's cup. no time.
1: There's so much yeah. content. No time. Yeah. There's no time for credits. Go go go! More content. Yeah.
0: yeah. So very very irritating. But anyway, um, the very last scene of the movie, you see old Jake's truck outside the school, covered in snow. And I, th- the first time I watched it, I thought I heard, uh, like a snowplow trying to clear the parking lot. That's what I thought I heard, but other people have since said, and I think this is probably the correct interpretation that it's actually a a truck starting up. Like it's, it's uh, the, he is still in the truck. He spent the night in the truck. He didn't, he either came out and stripped down naked, went went to the school uh, and went back to the truck, or that was just a part of his imagination. And he's still alive. He's in the truck. um, And maybe he like restarts this terrible fantasy every single day. Mm-hmm. so that's a, in a way that's almost like a darker more terrifying uh depressing ending uh mm. but i've been the,
1: stabbing yourself in the closet i don't know well no the more
0: depressing <laughs> ending than him killing himself like or, or dying of right. hypothermia at the end of this movie right yeah. um but you know it's just a thing where like oh really like the whole the whole premise like the whole ending of this character is going to hinge on a post credit scene that most people are never going to watch you know like it's I, just I think kind of that's
1: overstating that it. It's overstating it a bit. I mean, I, I don't think it makes a huge. It's, it's <laughs> difference.
0: overstating it a bit. It's overstating it a bit. Whether the character lives or dies, you're, you're saying it's immaterial it does, it does. whether the character lives or dies. Is that what you're saying?
1: Y- yes, yes, <laughs> I am because his existence. It's clear the state of his existence at that point. Okay, uh, so yeah,
0: it literally, yeah, yeah. so you're you're feeding into his fantasy in that you don't care whether he lives or dies. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> that. Yeah,
1: well, no, I think I think the I think the the uh, the ramifications of the state of his life are very different, whether he lives to do that again another day or today's the one that he end, ended his life. I think it is it is equally depressing and lands with the same weight as far as I'm concerned. But, I think
0: that's, that's fair. That's fair.
1: Uh, I, di- I did like the fact that you know, all leading up to this movie, knowing nothing about it, uh, I saw the title and was like, oh, this is going to be a movie about depression or about uh suicide and then we start it and i go oh no this is a movie about ending a relationship and then by the end i go oh no it's a movie about suicide
0: (laughs) it was was pretty cool like it swerved me you went full circle you went full circle yeah it was Um, pretty great davindra uh were you alluding earlier in the pre-spoiler section to the pauline kale thing is that what you're
2: talking about no i was alluding to the my Uh, a beautiful mind thing which just feels so random and out of nowhere but the pauline kale thing i liked too but it's also like man it feels so, also kind of film schooly and predictable in a way because you see the giant collected Pauline Keel book <laughs> on his uh, on his desk, and then she just goes and like, um, you know, all of a sudden the girlfriend starts saying things and you know reviewing a movie that does not sound like her voice. And I looked it up; it's like, oh yeah, she is just reciting the Pauline Kael review. And yeah, I get it. That's a commentary on how we consume our culture, you know, and how we spit it back and we may not always have original thoughts about it. Uh, trust me, that is an idea I wrestle with every freaking day. But <laughs> I, I, I got nothing out of this other than that's a cool, that's a cool thing he did. Uh, it's kind of funny he did that. And the film nerds who know Pauline kale will see what he did. And, you know, like everything Kaufman, it feels like he did it just because, you know, that that's he did it for himself and he did it to you know express a certain element of this story but uh the thing that really annoyed me by the way was the uh was the ballet dance
1: which was just yeah. like well, you know it's, it's beautiful I, the guys. dream ballet yeah the dream ballet honestly you know honestly i i am not one to uh tend to enjoy uh you know, I, I've said on the show before dream uh-huh. sequences yep. in general, yep. I almost have zero patience with whether it's in a book, whether it's in a movie dream sequences in general. I'm just like, it, just get back to the normal. I, I don't do this dream, uh. but I will. Ha- I have to say the dance is actually where I put together all of the disparate threads mm, of this movie. Sure, and it, sure, it, sure. It, it gave me clarity. I was like, oh, right. He's coming in and killing off him. These yeah. other ab- yeah, things are yeah, standing yeah. in for him, doing this beautiful thing. Oh, it, I was shocked that this prolonged dance sequence is actually where it all came together for me. Yeah, no. And I kind I'm of appreciate it on that pointless. level. I
2: just felt like it was, I felt like the uh, the actual mechanism of it felt kind of overcooked and kind of done. Like, it, it was it was a fine dance. Like, they did a good job. It just felt like it went on too long. It's, um, you know, it's, I, I do feel like this movie is just too too long i love me a slow movie guys i love a slow burn i will watch all sorts of things that are weird and experimental um but i feel like this movie in just through so many things it's doing is not just making it hard for me to watch it feels like it's actively punishing me for watching it so it's like after a certain point i'm like guys this is a give and take of, you know, artists and, um, an audience, you know, um, I'm, you're giving a little to me to so I can actually watch this and I'm giving you my attention and my time and, you know, so many things in, in this respect, I felt like it, the relationship was just very one-sided. And to me, that's super frustrating. Like I'm giving you attention. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give myself to this movie and all I feel is like complete refusal. So I don't know. That's me. I feel like That's there's just like
1: me. three or four movies that we've reviewed in the last year or so. Yeah. Where I was on the other side of this yes, argument. I know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Like, yeah. Um, it, it,
2: uh, man, like uh, who is it? Uh, Freaking Jeff Vandermeer, the author of uh, Annihilation and many great movies. Uh, I saw him tweeting about how hard, it was for him to watch this movie and this is a guy it's, it's, by the way, annihilation not yeah, exactly the most successful movie you know annihilation a movie you know that was adapted as a slow burn psychological thriller that really tests your patience that you that you end, loved Divide that Divide, i right? love i genuinely <laughs> love that movie and to see him even be like i don't know how i'm going to get through this <laughs> i felt a certain kinship there that's mm, that's all mm. uh, so Couple
0: of the random random observations I want to bring up. Um, there is a scene at the at the dinner uh, table, which I thought was just so uncomfortable, right? It's yeah, painful, yeah. uncomfortable. I think Jesse Plemons also. We talked about we talked about yeah. Jesse Buckley, but Jesse Plemons is great in this movie as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah. And um, but it almost felt like Charlie Kaufman was giving a dig to people like you, Devendra, when David Thewlis's character says. Well, how do you know the painting is sad unless you have a girl looking sad in it? You know, yeah. like how do you know this landscape is sad unless there's a person who's sad, like looking at the landscape? Yeah. You that, know? That's not literally
2: um, not even what I'm saying, too. But no, yeah. I, I know, I know, yeah. but I
0: think he's digging at like people who want things spelled out. He's,
2: he's digging, yeah, at things. It's not just like I'm not even asking for things spelled out. I'm asking just for some more of a connection between the story and what he's trying to tell and th- what he's actually delivering. But Hey, hey, hey I get it. I, I get
1: think it. this was my review of Mandy, uh, actually, yeah. or, you know, like three <laughs> other things that we've, d- yeah. <laughs> we've talked about in the last, yeah. No, and, 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 you know, sometimes it works for you. Sometimes it doesn't. I think that's complete. Honestly, I get C- that, Capone. that feeling. Capone. Capone. That Capone. Oh, yes. God. Yes. <laughs> uh, totally. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? The, there is, a, I can't remember what I was going to say, but yeah, I I feel I feel you, DaVinci. I don't think I don't think I'm hearing you, and I'm like, how could anybody think that? I get it. Just yeah. for me, it clicked, and there was enough of the the sort of self reflection and self pitying that, that I can relate to that uh, I was fascinated by by this descent into that.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So overall, I found it to be very thought-provoking and very interesting and by the end i was very moved and and, i mean the the story of this guy's life is just so so depressing i mean
2: we didn't really deconstruct the beautiful mind thing but i do think that was really hinting at like a similarity there between the characters in terms of like maybe schizophrenia maybe in terms of like um there was an element of genius to him that he could never quite tap into except in a beautiful mind um that was a heartwarming story about you know using that 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 aspect of your life and turning it into something. Well, productive. it was about
0: the power of love yes. to help you overcome. That's true. Um, some of the That's challenges true. you Uh right?
2: Also, the other good bit about this movie was the certainly the Robert Zemeckis little little thing.
1: Super dig, like well, super called dig. out.
2: This has been widely
0: interpreted as a yeah. sick burn. But in yeah. fact, um, Charlie Kaufman has a great relationship. They had, to, they got his um, permission to use his name. Yeah. Um, he is thanked in the credits, a special thanks. They and were working on Char- something. Yeah, some they worked point. on, yeah. they worked on a project together. Charlie Kaufman had a great experience. He chose Robert Zemeckis. The thing about the Robert Zemeckis thing is. <laughs> That is not even what most Robert Zemeckis films no, are. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's
1: so funny. The name is so big on yes, the screen. Yes, yes, it does. It feels like a sick he, burn. It, he said, yeah, it, I, I agree
0: with you. When I when I first saw it, I was like, that is hilarious. But yeah. then I thought about it. And he, the way he put it, I think, was something like Charlie Kaufman said, like, it's not a movie that Robert Zemeckis would actually direct, but it's something that he might have directed. Like, you, you could, <laughs> you could think, like, maybe he directed it. Um, But it's not, it, like, if you look at his last, you know, 10 movies. Like none of them are yeah. really like, it would
1: have right? to be performance captured, uh, animated person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, 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 um, the, the other thing that I think I benefited from in, in kind of understanding this movie is my friend David, before I saw it, texted me and was like, you need to bone up on the musical Oklahoma oh. before seeing this movie. Yeah. And I think if I hadn't, if I hadn't like <laughs> looked up the, the plot of Oklahoma, a lot of stuff would have gone over my head because... Wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Mr. Going in Unsullied, you researched <laughs> Oklahoma before this movie?
1: Well, because it wasn't about... I don't think yeah. it was about... It sounds like uh, you're the- doing some homework there, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thematic I- homework. I trusted
1: him. I trusted if him with you that saw bit of this information. movie
2: without researching Oklahoma, you would have no clue <laughs> what any of that's <laughs> you about. You that. such a pure experience, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, well,
1: I didn't <laughs> think it was uh, spoiling any plot details, but I, I did uh, make connections that I would not have made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had spelled, I not like, known anything it about it. It spells
2: out a lot of the movies, those sequences. Like, I had no clue what I was watching. Uh, the words felt in the text felt very like, okay, I, I get what's happening here. And then I looked up and was like, oh, that's from Oklahoma. Okay, that's nice. Um, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. didn't quite work for me in the film. Um, Interesting. I'm glad between, you had that leg up. Between
0: uh, Watchmen and this movie, a lot of Oklahoma stuff going on. Um, uh, also,
1: very, yeah, uh, cool. the new episode of the episode of Ted Lasso that I watched right before this movie had an Oklahoma reference. Yeah, I was like, "What Oklahoma, man? It's the new." It's uh, so it's so weird how this stuff it's the happens. The new culture. John Denver.
0: It's like yeah, it's like it's like when John Denver was like in every single movie for like a yeah. year, basically. Yeah, it was like the culminating song of multiple movies that I will not name because it kind of spoils it. It's like literally the climax of multiple movies. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is Country Roads,
1: well. man. Country Roads was like yeah. in the Zeitgeist some magic way. Yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah. all right anyway uh we had a lot to say about it um but overall i think a pretty mixed reaction to i'm thinking of ending things but i think that's like actually pretty reasonable because i think people are going to have a pretty mixed reaction to this movie yeah so um but i'm i for one i'm still glad we watched it and uh i'm glad to talk with you guys about it all right let's wrap it up folks you can find more episodes of the podcast at slash fromcast.com email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com our theme song comes from adam our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and youtuber kyle hillinger check out his youtube channel and our uh our uh, what do you call it uh, weekly plugs music comes from noah ross this episode was edited by baby zang next week we will be discussing the movie uh, <laughs> what, um, you almost The Devil All the Time The Devil uh, All the Time the, Netflix, the palate cleanser, if it were <laughs> Like, yeah the devil, Antonio Campos has never made a sad film, right? Never Um. Anyway So that's The Devil All the Time I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about it next week It'll be on Netflix this week Check it out, come back, listen isn't to the it, Slash Filmcast.
1: Yeah. Isn't it weird how like all of the crowd-pleasing, feel-good Rah, rah, we're doing all right. Movies are the ones that are all getting delayed, and all the like horror movies and sad movies. When we, in a time when we all, we could all use a little Wonder Woman at home, you know, we could all use yeah. a little uh, just escapist stuff. Well, Jeff, I we just saw
0: Mulan is... last week, so yeah. what, do you, what yeah. more do you want, Jeff? Seriously. Touche, I guess. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: We watch the movie.